brought to you by Trade Doubler, delivering smarter results. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number three of Marketing Share, the podcast that looks to the future of marketing, data, social, and media, among other things. My name is Antti Eronen, and I work as a publisher manager for Trade Doubler in Finland. And my name is Jonas Bosson, and I work as a tech lead uh, within big, big data and machine learning at Trade Doubler. And today we have with us Mr. Peter Sibner, who is the digital manager of sports media at Every Sport Media Group. He's been in the digital publishing business for the past four years, working with popular sports media such as Hockeysverige.se, EliteProspects.com and FootballDirect.se. And previous to that, he used to do recruitment and management consulting at companies such as TNG and Universum Communications. But first and foremost, he's a publisher, also doubling as a sports columnist and reporter. Welcome, Peter. Thank you very much. Um, today, we're going to talk about the woes and problems and solutions and possibilities that publishers have today and towards advertisers. Um, well, the process of buying digital advertising is really changing. It used to be about buying space next to popular media titles and in editorials and backed by decades of or centuries even of quality journalism. Um, and now it's all about targeting individuals through algorithms. How did that happen, Peter? That's a pretty good question. Um, well, you know, first of all, technology has made it happen because uh, technology has improved, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's always been the case uh, in terms of marketing. We went from um, from from physical markets where people would bring like cattle and, and sell yep. um, to uh, stores, to um, to media entering, um, you know, um, TV advertisement is only about 60 years old. That's right. Newspaper print advertisement is a few hundred years old. So, I mean, technology uh, is constantly moving forward. Uh, it's been pretty rapid these last couple of years, though. Um, but, I mean, obviously, it's also a matter of people being able to and willing to share more of their um, of themselves in an online um, environment obviously like the information is out there because consumers tend to put it out there themselves so it's uh, it's um, it's um, well it's obviously easier to reach people that are uh, open to be reached Jonas do you have a take on that well uh, I agree of course I mean this is an interesting turnaround i mean we've had direct marketing for centuries too we've yeah. had mail companies essentially delivering to targeted addresses and targeted users but now we can do this in real time and i think this is the even bigger difference than that it's unique users it's actually yeah. at the moment uh, just in time and uh, in do in doing that we also we don't just find the location for interesting users or possible customers we also find the trail of of where they usually come from and we apply machine learning and stuff to this for the publisher this this is kind of problematic we have we have had publishers going in different directions around this we have had larger 
media houses that try to solve these issues by themselves, and we have smaller uh, publishers trying to uh, buy in these services for, in different ways. And uh, I don't think there is a direct threat to journalism per se, but no. it might be a threat to how we serve uh, content. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's uh, it, this is a, a big ideological change for um, for many major publishers as of now, because journalism has always taken a lot of pride in actually being non-commercial. Like what goes on in the newsroom is completely disconnected from what goes on uh, in the sales department or any other commercially driven uh, unit of that media company. But nowadays that's changing because you cannot really you cannot really run a news title without at least paying some attention to um, to what the user's behavior look like. Uh, and that is changing and that's where a lot of traditional media are, I guess they were pretty surprised with how fast this development actually took place. And that's where we are right now. Sure. Um, Jim Freeman, the group sales and training director from the Telegraph Media Group, said recently um, in an uh, e-consultancy event on creative programmatic um, that, and I'm quoting, programmatic can work, but only if you respect the user, the medium, and the environment. And humanize the tech but that's a broad brush stroke from someone uh, in the media but what does it mean to you um, humanizing the tech and respecting the user are we um are we back to crafting by hand again well obviously technology uh, allows companies to reach users much more effectively today but technology mm -hmm. also allows users to shut that down completely <laughs> pretty much i mean we're uh ad blockers is obviously a, a big topic for for any uh publisher or, or digital marketer today we've seen uh the percentage of of uh, ad blockers move from like around 10 percent to up to 50 60 70 percent in some uh user groups so obviously that's the way that's a way for the consumer to say hey i don't want to be a part of this or at least not as much. And, you know, uh, when Facebook and social media first came around eight or ten years ago, people weren't really aware of the fact that I'm actually spilling out everything about myself here. Uh, the integrity part wasn't really an issue. I think people have become much more aware uh, with that now. So, um, you know, the consumers are definitely adapting to this as well. And uh, they are also protesting against um you know the development has gone from um, small and you know non-intrusive uh, ad formats to big and very intrusive ad formats and so what's going to happen now um, ads are bigger than the actual content on many sites now uh uses are shying away shutting down the ads so we find new ways to reach them um so humanizing technology well I don't really know if that's the case, but we definitely need to be able to communicate with consumers in a way that aren't intrusive enough for them to shut us down. Sure. Um, I was wondering, is it um, is it just better ads that we need, or or because the the kind of the delivery method is not an issue if what you're seeing is valuable for you? But do you think it's 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 just that, or or? 
Well, not really, because you know, programmatic comes with a lot of uh, with a lot of good things. I would say because um, you know, companies can reach consumers much more effectively. They can also target uh, you know people that are really interested in their products, which for me as a consumer is obviously a good thing because I get to see ads from companies um, you know that I would actually buy stuff from, which helps. Um, but i mean it's it's also a matter of um i think it's also a matter of of messaging really because um i don't really think that digital marketing in terms of creatives are really up to speed with the technology uh technology has has uh, improved a lot you can target users very efficiently but the message being sent to the user is still a bit 2009 I would say. So we would need better creatives. We would need uh, creatives uh, in better touch with what the consumer actually wants to see in a digital environment, especially if you're going to use conversion as uh, as the number one way to, to measure um, uh, uh, the success of a campaign. Because like, how, how did you, uh, how did you uh, measure conversion when you were advertising on billboards around town? Like you wouldn't put up cameras and see if people were actually going up to the billboard and pointing to stuff. Exactly. So it's um, if you want to pe- if you want people to convert, if you want to convert advertisement into actual purchases, you need to send out a message that is uh, that enables people to actually convert, which I don't really think is the case. But th- that sounds hard at the same time. I mean. Um having people convert using programmatic is a lot about knowing about the users and tracking them so how how can we how can we make this feel good how how is would would it be possible to to work with uh, display advertisement and at the same time uh, not feel like you're being watched all the time yeah well we have some some pretty bad examples obviously uh retargeting is one um, like I can't do Christmas shopping on my computer anymore because if my wife gets on my computer, she knows what I'm buying her for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's obviously, um, it's obviously not there yet, but I would say that digital advertisement messages sent out through digital channels would need to be more focusing on offers on, um, like, if I'm on a website and BMW targets me with an ad, they would need to tell me something about a, a new product or a new offer or a good price on a specific type of car or local campaigns in my area for test driving new cars. So they would need to tailor this message much better for me to actually convert. Or even get on your journey. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so, you, so you would say that... Um, especially display-based um, brand advertising is, yeah. is not very effective right now. I tend to, as, as a consumer, I tend to like w- the number one marketing method um, for, for my purchase behavior right now is actually, um, you know, is actually direct marketing. Uh, paper in the mail with offers from Bauhaus and uh, Yula and companies that I as a homeowner or a car owner tends to frequent a lot because that's just stuff I need and that's also stuff I buy because the price is right or the season is right so that tends to work uh, very well with me right now and digital advertisement obviously has a much 
bigger potential uh, than direct marketing. But I haven't really seen offers that good in a digital environment. So uh, let's let's try to make an example out of this. I, I really like where this is going. Let's say Bauhaus, for instance, or uh, yeah. um, any site with builder builder gear or, or mm-hmm. uh, handyman stuff. Um, how would they fit what they put in a catalog onto a display ad? Would could they make that attractive in such a way? No, that's obviously that's obviously why we've seen formats grow from 728 pixels to a thousand by <laughs> 600 pixels. So they need to squeeze more information into each ad. Uh, no, that's that's obviously the case. That's why we're always going to see companies uh, use a, a mix of, of, of various uh, marking methods, of course. But one product could be enough, and figure out what that product is. That's the key for Bauhaus if they want me to buy stuff. Uh, and technology allows for that. Mm. Uh, I just don't see creatives and the end advertiser actually being on that page just mm. yet. Well, could one one of the problems be that um, there's a um, here's a rather recent quote from a brand's perspective from Tom Lancaster, who's the senior digital creative manager at Topman in the UK, and he says that. Um, our website is just as important as programmatic ad creative. The ad that's personalized has to be matched by a site that offers the same proposition. There's no point tailoring ads to high-end 20-somethings or the third mid-30 market, then the site showing the same things to both. So it's actually a, from, from, from the advertiser perspective, it's a, it's a two-point problem. You may be able to create a bit more targeted ads but do you have the same offering on your own site? If it's just a product, then okay, that's that's pretty simple. You can just link to the product page. But um, if you think a bit further, um, trying to target a certain persona or or, or a certain you know uh, interest group, then do you have the offering on your own site to 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 match those ads? And I think that's where um, you know that's probably an effect of what's been going on in digital media for the, for the last couple of years because there are so many tech ventures and so many good technological ideas that are created to gain an advantage um, that the actual sales process uh, isn't up to speed. Like uh, the tools for actually reaching people are far more advanced than the tools for actually selling stuff to people. And creating the content. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, Bauhaus, once I get into their store, um, they know exactly how to move me around that store and the stuff I need to pass to get to things I want. Uh, So, you know, actually placement of, of, of merchandise within the store, that's, you know, that's tailored to perfection through hundreds of years of, of stores but yeah. how to navigate me through a web shop i think there's a lot of work to be done on that end as well do you think that publishers could help with that um as in i i this question comes to mind especially when it comes to content marketing yeah um, when, you, when you're talking about more about just getting the people interested in in, in the company um as a, as a provider of, of a solution or a product um could publishers have a role in there yeah certainly i mean as a publisher we've seen 
you know, native advertisement and contextual advertisement and integrated solutions uh, around editorial content, the request for that has, has gone through the roof the last couple of years. Whereas display advertisement nowadays is, I mean, it, it's pretty easy to buy, actually. I mean, you have all the data. You know exactly what target groups you need. It doesn't really matter anymore which actual website they're on. I mean, are you reading about golf or ice hockey or... Uh, home improvement or, you know, even reading everyday news doesn't really matter. You know who's on there. You know the, the cookie data. You have all the data. You know that this is a person we need to reach. So so that's easy. You can buy most, like, you can buy most of your digital campaigns through programmatic. You can get the best prices. You can get the best, uh, I mean, programmatic is not necessarily about getting the best prices. It's actually about simplifying uh, your media purchases. Finding an audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you cannot really replace uh, contextual advertisement, uh, reasons to buy stuff, um, you know, actually triggering consumer behavior. Uh, that's something you can do within an editorial context. Uh, and that's something that you cannot buy programmatically. That's something that needs to be tailored. And that's something that also needs to be uh, optimized to the environment you intend to communicate through. Like, I operate a, a publisher, one of the biggest publishers um, here in Sweden directed towards sports. So, you know, if a brand wants to, to promote their uh, products through our websites, they need to connect it to sports. And that's not really my job to do it. I provide a platform where people are interested in sports, where we can offer contextual and native advertisement to us in, within a sports environment. And then it's actually up to the creative agency or the marketing department to, um, you know, to design that message. Sure. But we're, then again, we're, we, we are seeing bigger publishers creating their content marketing arm arms all over the world, really, in, 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 in the United States especially, but also even in Finland, we're seeing Sanoma, just recently announced such plans and yeah. um, what do you think about that trend? Well, we've seen it in TV um, for, for a number of years. I mean, we've seen it in movies for for a long time, you know, product placement. And But um, if you look at traditional TV nowadays, uh, most shows are actually, the content of the show is actually designed to promote a product of some kind. Like mm -hmm. you have all these home improvement shows, you have all these dating shows. Uh, they're obviously driven by the fact that there is commercial interest in creating such content. So rather than have your uh, your own marketing agency um, provide, you know, traditional commercial content, you pretty much go to a major network and say, hey, we want you guys to do a, a show, 10 episode show concentrated on this to market this product. Sure. How does that translate to online? <laughs> yeah, well, since they don't get enough viewers on traditional TV they <laughs> to release those videos online as well. Well, it's pretty much the same thing. We do uh, we experiment a lot with that now around major sports events. Uh, like this summer, we have the Euro uh, in France, mm -hmm. uh, the soccer tournament, where we tried to um, you know connect um, advertisers' messages to a series of articles. 
we actually have a hockey campaign right now um, um, where we do a, a series of articles um, in relation to injuries and protection. Oh, cool. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, with uh, a sponsor um, that is within uh, workplace protection. Yeah. So okay. we, we, we're going to get a lot more of that, I think. Yeah. Uh, this reminds me of a thing. I, I started a company like 10 years ago. And the whole idea was uh, working around sponsoring, and especially with movies in theater. And the idea was to not to put too much sponsoring material into the movie production, but rather to bring the feeling or the the characters from within the movie into the advertisements. Yeah. And, And that's also, I mean, that's a line of thinking when it comes to display advertisement. Yeah. Basically, uh, Putting, I mean, that's the the, the next step of, of contextual advertisement, I would say, to basically yeah. re- reuse the material and use it in new ways and bring a uh, continual line of thought. Yeah. All right. Um, here's a, here's an interesting take on this matter. This is a bit long uh, quote, but I'll, I'll read it out anyways. This is from Business Insider that just published an article about Facebook's plans to back off from building a demand-side platform into its ad servers and measurement platform Atlas. Um, th- th- this, is, this is kind of what they said. Facebook began testing a buying platform within Atlas last year, allowing a small set of marketers to use the social network's people-based targeting capabilities to bid on advertising on other sites and apps programmatically, or in other words, uh, in real time, using automated software. In a blog post published Monday, the social networking company said the buying platform test didn't deliver enough value for advertisers because the quality of ads on the open web uh, that it was buying through advertising exchanges was too low. The quality was too low, often delivering ads to bots and not humans. Um, And it goes on about ad fraud, but what what it says in the end is that Facebook's test found that only native ads those designed to look congruous with the other content on the website or app on which they appear, and video ads were delivering good results. Um, and Brian Boland, Facebook's pro- vice president of ads, product marketing, um, told Business Insider that native and video formats delivered seven times better results than banner ads, and that the problem right now is the majority of ads being bought through demand-side platforms on the desktop and mobile web are banner ads. So. Um, so on, on and on about why they, they're closing down um, or refocusing Atlas plans. What, what do you read into this? Ad fraud is, uh, I mean, that's one of the side effects you're, uh, you're going to have to live with when you constantly lower the price of digital advertisement, uh, which I think, you know, it, it, it's actually the case. I mean, when I started in this industry uh, four years ago, I would say the going rate for display advertisement was at least three times as high as it is now. At least double. Um, And so obviously what has happened is that the amount of content out there has doubled, but, you know, um, there's only so much requests. So, uh, you know, when, when, when supply doubles and demand rises by about 10%, you're going to get lower prices. Uh, And so you have um, a lot of publishers um, trying to put ads where ads really shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, 
I can testify to this myself. We've placed banner ads where they probably shouldn't have been in order to, okay, we got to maintain income levels here. We need to put not four ad zones, but six ad zones into this website. How do we do it? Yeah, let's put one here, which is a problem. Yeah, and, and hence, do you think that nat- native advertising will be a solution to that? In, in the near future. Even. Until you uh, reach the level where there is so much native advertisement on each page that uh, the same thing happens with native advertisement. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's all a process. Um, what I think is that, um, you know, most digital publishers, uh, or at least traditional publishers moving from print media to digital media, hasn't yet figured out um, the business model. And I don't have a solution for that at all. We're still trying to figure out the business model, actually. But um, obviously, you need to pay very much attention to what the users are saying. And the number of ad blockers going from from 10 to 25%, that's the users saying something. And I would say that native ads is a very good, um, you know, it's a good development because they look better, they integrate better, and they're also forcing advertisers to actually improve their message. So I would say it's a good development for, for consumers, for publishers, as well as uh, advertisers. When it comes to content marketing, then native advertising isn't content marketing. But but if we're talking about content marketing for a while, the companies, they, they want to talk about some things that they might think their customers are interested in. They often tend to do this, obviously, on their own platforms rather than, than on, on rented land. Um, is it safe to build an operation like this on on a publisher's website instead of their their own? How could a publisher help there without it becoming, um, you know, just a native advertising deal? I'd say that publishers can, you know, publishers can always uh, supply a certain level of expertise and, um, you know, um, good craftsmanship in terms of, of, of making stories look interesting, making interesting stories, promoting interesting stories, um, mm-hmm. packaging of interesting stories. But then again, obviously, as a publisher, you know our advertisers our end clients are are also competing with us right now i mean they're building their own reach we have a lot of strong brands out there that has uh, more reach than many major newspapers which also translates into journalism like like uh, um, like how do you interview cristiano ronaldo that has like what 60 70 million followers on on twitter uh, like he has more reach than new york times um, if, if he wants to get a message through, he can say whatever he wants through his channel. Like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, he he stopped doing interviews for a while and put out an app of his own. Hmm. Um, so that's a very interesting landscape. And now we have very strong brands, has more likers, more followers. Our EC has you know a, a very good muscles in terms of getting the message through to a lot of people on their own social platforms. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly that's that's the. Um, so why should they pay us to key, key promote issue. their message? Yeah. That, that, that's a pretty yeah. good question. Yeah, I guess that's that's exactly what many publishers now have to think about and look into. Like, but it's not just a numbers game. Obviously, it's 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 about reaching a relevant audience. Yeah. Um, I guess it's the publisher's job to convince that we have the relevant audience here. I think in in that sense, the only thing that. Um, they might be a bit worried about is if the the brands might be worried about is if they lose 
the ownership of the contact. Yeah. So um, is, is there something that publishers could help to diminish that fear in, in, in kind of th- that you are still, as a brand, you're still owning the relationship with the, the reader or, or the viewer? Well, transparency is obviously um, uh, a key. Um, but I, I also think that a publisher's role isn't necessarily, um, you know, me I as a publisher, um, I'm not supposed to deliver to the audience the same thing as BMW was supposed to deliver through their uh, Facebook page. I should deliver sports news. Uh, that's what I do. That attracts a target group that is interesting uh, to BMW. And that's where they also generate um, brand recognition. Whereas people who like their web page most likely are prone to buy a BMW anyway. Through me, they can find those who aren't, those who don't know that they want to buy a BMW. Um, and that's a key aspect, obviously. But how do you do that? That is a very good question. What, what is the, um, I mean, uh, you're, you're all about creating content and good content and, and uh, engaging content. Um, are there some technology tools that you as a publisher can or should have to help the advertisers in, in this sense? Well, I, it's obviously important to treat uh, social media as a channel of its own. Like, like mm. you used to have the newspaper, now you have your um, your desktop site, you have your mobile site, you have uh, your social channels, you also have your app. So you have four or five different platforms um, that types of platforms that you need to operate, and so um, um, a lot of publishers has been very paying a lot of attention to what Facebook is doing. Um, Some publishers, including ourselves, some of our websites actually get 35% of uh, of visitors from Facebook. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty obvious why publishers pay a lot of attention to Facebook. And Facebook tends to change their algorithms a lot. Like when they see a certain type of content get too much space, they change their algorithms and all of a sudden you have to change your strategy as a publisher. (laughs) So it's a very frustrating environment uh, Mm -hmm. to be in, but it's also obviously a a key marketplace. And hence they have brought in instant articles. Yeah. Have you been experimenting with that yet? Is that actually available to you yet? Uh, Not yet, but we're uh, monitoring that closely, obviously. Uh, We uh, went to a conference in in London a a few weeks ago, where they had a workshop about it. And obviously it's it's terrifying for publishers actually, you know, uh, devoting themselves entirely to, to companies such as Facebook, Google, Apple, who actually control the landscape pretty much nowadays. Exactly. Uh, but then again, what should you do? You don't have a lot of options. Okay, this is just an idea. This is just me brainstorming. I'm, I was thinking one of the most valuable things for an advertiser is reaching new customers. One of the things that Facebook is offering right now is is the lookalikes. Yeah. You can match users. But um, this is also something where publishers has a big advantage in. I mean, you see, you can see w- which users are visiting which pages, and you can ac- easily see if you create a new page, uh, which crowd it's going to attract. Yeah. So basically, you could have a heads up for advertisements on that page if you want to attract users similar to what 
that advertiser is looking for, yeah. but they're looking for it on another platform and in another context where this information is not yet available. Yeah. So you actually have a, a knowledge that's that's sellable, but you, and also sellable without actually uh, delivering any anything that is kind of private for uh, yeah. private information and, and on your users. It would be like the classifiers you have for advertisements in a normal context, but yeah. in this case, it would be specific for unique users, yeah. which is what everyone is looking for. Yeah. Have you seen something like this? I'm, I'm just curious. We've been elaborating with it uh, a little bit. We have, um, um, we're owned by a company that's very tech data-driven, and we're experimenting with some new um, data tracking solutions and some new, um, you know, redesigning content and placing content uh, depending on what, you know, target group category you mm -hmm. belong to. Um, a few years ago, that was about if you were a fan of OICO, you would mm -hmm. put all OICO articles on the same page. <laughs> uh, so if you read an article about OICO, you would see six more. Uh, the tools for for the designing and you know actually compiling uh, much stronger editorial environments are much more improved today. It's much better. So you have uh, you have a lot of options in creating uh, unique environments and also communities where where people sharing interests not only uh, visit but they can actually interact with each other. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily have to happen on Facebook. Uh, that can happen um, within the framework of a publisher as well. And so we're, we're looking into some of those ideas right now. Well, that sounds exciting because um, the number one issue usually with Facebook versus having your own platform is is that Facebook has users. Yeah. It readily has the users and the community kind of. Um, but then again, it's it's quite limited in terms of what's what you can do there yeah. uh, and it's not going to change dramatically like just like that but as a as a publisher you could create something out of nothing quite quite quickly as in, yeah. in terms of, of 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 the offering for for um uh, the the community you want to build or want to build up yeah and it's also the difference between one euro per thousand uh, impressions or 50 euros per new customer yes yeah yeah, what, what do you think about um, their, their Facebook has got, let's put it this way, it's, it's a walled garden and it's got a pretty good share of traffic in, in the world right now yeah. um, and, and a lot of users. And what it's doing towards advertisers is also um, growing, maturing, uh, diversifying. There's, have you heard about uh, Facebook Canvas? It's a... Yeah pretty new um, initiative that they have. It's, it's about um, allowing advertisers to create pretty much any content. It's pretty much apps within, within your, your streams instead of just a, a banner ad. So what do you think about that? Well, um, for every great idea, there's going to be another five ideas that, that won't fly. Uh, I think it's, um, it's, it's too early to... Um, Facebook instant articles, uh, Google accelerated mobile pages. Um, a lot of these um, probably won't fly. Mm -hmm. And if I've learned one thing from being in this industry is that um, there's always people believing they will fly mm. and some that believe they won't. So it's very, very difficult to say. Um, I heard um, 
Robert Rose and Joe Palizzi from the This Old Marketing, uh, the podcast, um, or the Content Marketing Institute, talking about the Facebook Canvas and how they thought that this is actually this might be the perfect tool for publishers to to do new kinds of storytelling on on Facebook and if they if and when they have to pay for for advertising their content anyways this might be a great way of delivering and and creating an audience even actually combined with gathering some emails gathering some subscriptions and 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 grabbing that audience from Facebook yeah it's definitely an interesting development we're also seeing um we're also seeing um, a lot of new visitors come from other pages, other places than Facebook. So it's, it's a constant emergence of, of, of new environments like Snapchat. When did that happen? Like a year ago? Not even a year ago. I think they all blend into actually the insight that you cannot have something called a social media strategy. No. You need to have a Facebook strategy and you need to have, uh, you know, separate undercategories of Facebook strategies. Um, so, yeah, so one for advertising, one for community, one for like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like we, we started, uh, when we started promoting our, our material on Facebook, we put out every time we wrote a new article, we put it out on Facebook with a link back to our website. And that, that worked well, because in the beginning you need to put, if you put a lot of stuff on Facebook, you're going to get promoted and you're going to be seen everywhere and you're going to expand your number of likers and it's going to be good for your traffic. And then all of a sudden that wasn't the case. You need to publish one article a day, tops. That's when you're going to get promoted. Uh, so we went from publishing not enough content to publishing far too much content. And then we didn't publish enough content again. Hmm. And then we realized that, okay, now you cannot include a video clip because because they're going to shut you down. So now you got to um, put the video clip directly into Facebook and you can't do a link to your own website anymore. You have to put the material on Facebook entirely. So it's uh, it's very difficult to keep to keep up, especially for for the actual editors actually, you know, promoting the material. Is that somewhere w- something where um, a publisher might have the advantage over just a brand and, and their own content team? And because the publishers nowadays seem to be quite dependent, also even on on, on traffic from social media. Yeah. Um, and so ones hopefully then do keep up with what works and what doesn't. So um, can you see there is a way for the brands to get? the kind of visibility that they that the advertisers can get on on your own sites can can you help on, in social media i think so yeah i mean we're certainly seeing more and more campaigns being focused on also targeting a facebook audience like so um, a, a campaign nowadays is not only um, banner advertising material it's we have some native ads here we have some some text links here we have a banner ad and uh, how can you also help us on social like how can we generate likes to our product website through your network on facebook and can you promote this on instagram for us so so um, brands are obviously interested in capitalizing on our uh, our following so it's not only a strategy for us as a publisher it's also um, a strategy for us to to create a good package uh, to our advertisers 
I think we've covered a lot of a lot of interesting topics here. Um, I really want to thank you, uh, Peter, for for coming and um, and and it's always good to hear all sides of the table, uh, the publishers, the advertisers, the the um, tech companies there in between, talk about their current um, issues yeah. and their their. Great things. We're all in this together. <laughs> well, we need to be. <laughs> all right. Well, we might end the conversation here in the studio. Um, uh, can you, can you, Peter? Can you actually tell what's up with your with your um, websites in the near future? Yeah, we've only just merged uh, with another company, creating uh, Every Sport Media Group. Mm-hmm. So we're now uh, one of the major sports publishers in Sweden. Uh, we. Um, um we have a technical project that's going to be launched uh around well hopefully before the summer to actually uh redesign the whole thing and since we're merging uh two companies and two structures we're we're trying to uh put everything into the same technical environment now uh which is good because it's 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 a house cleaning we get to build some of the sites uh back from scratch um because that's another challenge uh constantly having to improve your your uh, ad zones and your um advertising um capabilities now we get to um build something for the future so we're uh we're in a very good um you know we're in a very good position right now um also is a great year for sports a lot of major events coming up so um sales are doing really good uh traffic numbers are doing really good um so it's and we operate a lot of strong niche sports titles so it's um, um it's a lot of nice strong brands in our portfolio right now which which advertisers seem to um appreciate more and more which is good super duper thank you um well let's keep the conversation going online and let us know what you think by sending us your opinions messages tips and suggestions for topics that we should cover through our website at marketingshare.co or message and follow us on twitter where our handle is at mshareco thank you peter and thank you jonas and thank you. uh thanks for listening we'll be back with more marketing and data very soon 